Welcome to Project Life with Mike Watts. This is Mike Watts. On this podcast, I'll be sharing the ups and downs of running a business, how to manage a great team of folks who are helping us grow that business, how to thrive as a husband and just be a better one for that matter, how to function with an 18-month-old running around driving sometimes you crazy how to thrive as a man in this world when frankly we are lacking great role models at this moment in time and i'm documenting all of this in a journey trying to find my place in the world so if you're looking to grow your business obtain financial freedom figure out parenthood up level your life be a better person or frankly how to be a badass you're in the right place let's get started enjoy the show Welcome to Project Life with Mike Watts. This is Mike Watts. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episodes for the next four days than we're traditionally used to. Usually they're quick little shorter clips that we put together or that I put together for you guys. But this is an interview that I did with my buddy that I've talked about this in the past couple of weeks about bringing this out. But I finally this morning I was able to get all the recordings done for it. But this is an interview I did with my buddy Stephen Fogg who... I knew and met in 2006 when I lived down in North Carolina, and it's I interviewed him for the Kate and Mike show, actually, is what this was originally for, but then Kate and I decided that we, after I already recorded this thing, that we're only going to have featured guests that we're both on there for, because it is the Kate and Mike show, so we didn't want to have one-timers and stuff like that without Kate that's possibly there, so... I decided I like I still wanted to use the recording that we used, but I wasn't sure what I was going to use it for. But now, it is available for Project Life, so you're going to hear me talk about the Kate Mike show. Um, what we talked about. So I'm going to release four parts over the next four days, and um, tomorrow, just part or today, I should say, part one's coming out, and then part two is going to come out. So at the end of part one, I'll talk about what's going to be in part two, but over the course of the entire interview, we talked to uh, give you a good overview. It's like he just started a business. So I recorded this in October of 2016 and down in Boston when I went to meet him. So it was, it was definitely a while ago. And he started a business a few months before that. And I wanted to get his hit from being an employee to now being a business owner and partner within a business. And then also we go into depth about him being a dad and what that's been like to two, girl, two daughters now. And then also, uh, he used to have, he had testicular cancer when I lived in North Carolina. I was kind of on my way out of North Carolina, but it was around that time as well. He was like 23 years old and ended up getting this. Maybe maybe it's 23, 24, 25. I forget what the exact age was. So that's really what we talk about um, over the course of these four parts. Part one, I'm just going to be straight up front with you. It's a little in-depth and heady. I was going to delete a bunch of it, um, but I decided not to because I think it was interesting to look at for, and it was interesting for this reason. It was, it we're really talk about his experience in ad sales in the radio industry. And I found it pretty interesting because I didn't know anything really about that. You hear a lot about a media buyers and things like this in the radio industry. And, and I just wanted to know his take. So I asked him a lot of questions on it. I would say a good 12, 15 to 20 minutes of, Part one talks about this, so it can be a little uh, like lost, I guess is a good way to put it, Like, but just stick with it, okay, because uh, we catch up and I try to do a good job because he really, he knows the industry, so he's talking very specifics about that, and I break it down to more Mike's questions, right, so I understand what exactly is happening, and 
That was a big piece of, that I wanted to get an understand of overview of just that industry because I didn't know anything about it. So I found it very interesting. And then also we move on in part two, three, and four are really a little bit more in depth. It was also warming up to the mic. It was warming up to you know us having this in depth conversation and Stephen really being on our podcast. So it, he definitely warmed up as we went. We would move forward in parts two, three, and four. So that's uh, that. That's it. You know, like I don't have, I don't have anything else to share with you. I think that covers the that covers the deal. So the so enjoy this interview with my buddy Stephen Fogg, who now is a business owner. So it's pretty cool. I'll see you guys tomorrow in part two. Cheers. Welcome back. I have a good friend of mine, Stephen Fogg, with me. Hey guys, how you doing? I guess they're great. I guess yeah. they can't really answer. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know what you th- <laughs> feel like. Sh- shout it out. Um, we are recording this in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, Stephen's down here for, I'm going to call you Fog because that's, that's what fine. I know you as. Yeah. Uh, Fog's down here for the Inbound Conference. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that first. Like, what is the Inbound Conference? Um, well, it's, um, it's, it's put on by HubSpot, the... I guess you want to say one of the leaders behind um, inbound marketing, and and that that whole game is 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 basically uh, generating leads, uh, traffic to you instead of going out and getting it yourself. Um, the conference is bringing the best minds um, to the table to kind of show you best practices and how how to do these things. So I'm down here, kind of green with this whole um, process, um, learning how to build out a content brand and strategy for um, uh, my, my brand back home in Charlotte. For your business yes. that you're going to talk about. Yeah. Or we're going to talk about. So what is inbound marketing? Like, can you, do you know what that, can we, t- do you know the definition of this? Yeah. Well, every time I hear about the inbound conference, I'm like, what the heck is inbound marketing? I pretty much probably know it, but I was just curious. What's your takeaway? Okay. Well, coming again, very green. Yeah. A uh, little, let me start with a little bit of background with me. Um, before the past, the past three months, I've been getting in this agency where I'm dealing with inbound marketing. Before that, I came from an extensive background in broadcast media. I worked across radio, television, some digital media with some brands such as CBS and 21st Century Fox. We never really dealt with inbound marketing strategy per se. We had uh, humans to get ourselves going with us. So that being said, I'm about three months into inbound marketing. And your definition, what you're trying to look for from me is, way I way I perceive it is, Using our tools to actively engage an audience to have them come to us organically using content or other strategies along those lines. And and you might be able to help elaborate on that some more. That's kind of how I see it. So people coming to you organically. Yes. So what is the difference between this and direct response? Well, do you know what um, direct response? Yeah, I do. And and that's why I came from a world of direct response. We call it DR advertising. Um, I look at DR is um, so I, th- I think DR is more responsive than uh, active. I think I think inbound is more of an active uh, way of way of approaching a medium. This medium DR is more responsive. So you're kind of you're seeing this. Well, now that I'm saying it out loud, it has the same sound similar. Action. Yeah, yeah, they do sound very similar. But I, I, I am. I don't know. Let's hear you say. It a we'll bit. figure. I'll figure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'll look in the. I'll do. I'll look up the definition and let people know. It'll be in the show notes. We yeah. can just see the definition yeah. of what that would be because I really don't know. Because I, I mean, I look at when when I was at Twenty First Century Fox, we had traditional advertisers and then we had DR advertisers. And traditional advertisers purchase advertising up front 
at a negotiated rate in a negotiated time period. And DR basically bought up all the remnant at a cheap price, but then they paid us based up on uh, cost per lead instead of you know an upfront negotiated price. So maybe it has something to do with the, the lingo and the terminology or the way the lead's captured. Got it. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. So that's what uh, Fog's down here for that, for this conference. Came from Charlotte, North Carolina. So look, I want to back up a little bit. So we definitely just jumped right into some Rasted content. It. Yeah. Uh, Put me on blast. Yeah, right on blast. And I want to jump back, like, where we met, how this ended up here, mm-hmm. what we're doing. So this is a different episode with just myself because I came down here, I thought, and I've talked to Fog over the past few years about, like, your journey, what you've been on. And mm-hmm. I saw you in Charlotte recently and... Now you started, you kind of went out on your own versus working for somebody else. And that was really what I wanted to share with the audience today because there's a lot of folks on here who are new business owners who have started a business. And just the journey, I think, from a, and a lot, our audience is a, a lot of women as well. So I think it's mm-hmm. good to bring a different flavor on for a man to man conversation. We're getting serious now. Yeah. And I yeah. think from seeing your Instagram last night, you just came from like a, a, a bromance bowling alley, something along those oh, lines. Oh, I did for sure. It's yeah. called the, uh, do man shit night that I organized with my buddies. Um, cause a lot of our, my buddies have kids or right. married just like you like and yourself. like yeah. yourself. And then we realized I was at my barber one day. I've had this urge for like years to like, I need more guys in my life. Right. And that's cute. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like to hang out and get like real guy time. Yeah. So I was at the barber the other day, and he was like, dude, do you have enough guy time in your life? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, neither do I. And I was like, okay, I'll organize something. And literally the next day, I was like, I just emailed like 10 of my buddies, and oh, I was like, okay. we're doing it. So it was cool. Yeah. There was like five of us that showed up and just bold and... I was pretty consistent. It'd be interesting to see how that progresses through. Because, I mean, this sounds like this is the first time doing that. Right. I'd be curious to see. And is, it a, is it a monthly thing you guys are doing? Yeah. This? Starting at once a month. Okay. So I'm curious to see how that's going to, how that folds into a year. Because we, we've done, I've done something similar like that, you know, in Charlotte. I'm a little ahead of you when it comes to the kid game. And there's a group of about five to ten of us uh, fathers in Charlotte. And we do, we do a scotch night once a month. And, um, it started off very harmless, I guess, as you would say, right. where you're at with, with all these people engaging. And it's kind of dwindled down to like three or four hardcore members. Yeah. And then um, when we need somebody to play poker after the scotch is gone, we'll kind of recruit a few other ones. So I'm kind of curious to see, kind of get your take on that. See if it's the same How's it keep going? Yeah. Yeah. I'm organizing it because I want it to happen. So yeah. who participates down the line? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I know next month we're going to do probably a poker night um and guys were like tossing ideas around things to do yeah summer can be a little bit different but now we're getting into the winter time so yeah yeah who knows we'll pan it out and it was nice like we there was no kids there was no wives there was no girlfriends and it was just cool so it was fun to hang out with the guys and all right so what were were we talking about Uh, oh our backwards on yeah how we so let's just back up a little bit we met in 2006 yeah i think was it the first yeah it was was 2006 so it's been a long time 10 years 10 years whoa right 
Yeah, and I met you through my buddy Rob Hathy from. I met you through my buddy uh, Justin Parker. Justin Parker, who knew Rob from mm-hmm. Cleveland, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am a Chicago Cubs fan, and we have a Cleveland Indians fan here. Yeah, and we're recording this after what just happened. Can we? Can we? Uh, the Warriors. I kind of forgot. The Warriors what happened? Blew a three-one lead. Oh <laughs> yeah, the Warriors. No, I think we're more modern day now, where the Cubs just won the World Series against Cleveland Indians. Hey, you know, I, I, and I. I it's funny you go on, uh, you talk about that, and, and and any other circumstance, I would be, I would have woken up the next day distraught mm-hmm. after, after the loss because that happened to us in '97 against the Marlins. Yeah, but um, I tip my hat to the Cubs fans. I mean, it couldn't be, couldn't come from somebody uh, another more deserving fan base than you guys for sure. And, and I'm and I'm like, and I woke up the next day, I was I was fine, I, I was okay with it. <laughs> um, and because, like I said, it was great. You guys brought like what five million people to downtown. Chicago. That was insane yeah. when I heard the number yeah. of what how many yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, even the players were saying just like they couldn't believe how yeah. many people. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's great. It's it's we've had a lot of good stuff happen the city of Cleveland this year, and so I I, I it's okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was that was so cool though having the Cubs win the World Series. And then we hit the presidential election. So yeah. you know, a week later, we can talk about that later if we if we move <laughs> into that world. We are recording this after the president, like two days. Two days. Has it been two days hours. after uh, the new president? It hasn't even been forty eight hours. Yeah, it hasn't been forty eight yeah. hours yet. Yeah, because it was at three thirty in the morning. Yeah. So we met through mutual friends in, in Charlotte, hung out, did a little partying. We had lives and jobs, and mm-hmm. now we've grown up. A little bit more. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Yeah. So before I want to talk about this business venture that you just started and kind of yeah. your take through this as being someone new into business and like the journey you're on right now yeah. and then when it yeah. started. I want to That's go back there. But let give me um so you just shared a little bit about working for Fox. How long were you at Fox? I think it's been well we were in Fox we were, we were, give um some details about it wasn't Fox TV. You weren't on Century Fox, right? But you yeah. weren't like on TV. No, no. Right. So um, my career started in '03, working for CBS Radio as a promotions intern, uh, which for uh, alternative rock station and classic rock station. Uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I, I worked the street team where I'd hand out CDs and meet. Oh, you got to go to all the parties. Yeah, I got to go to all the parties. I always wanted to be those guys. I was 21 and got to drink free in downtown Cleveland. I was the coolest kid out there. Um, And 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 that's where I kind of figured figured out this is is the career for me. So I I did that, and I I came back the next year um, doing uh, doing it. I got paid that year, and then um, I graduated college with the opportunity to stick with CBS Radio. Um, but this is when Howard Stern, whoever's been listening to this, there was a guy, a shock jock out there named Howard Stern who just crushed it. He killed the ratings, and he killed revenue-wise, too. And so he was getting ready to leave traditional radio and go to Sirius XM. What do you mean killed revenue-wise? Well, like what does that for he generated radio? a lot of revenue for, okay. for radio stations. Okay, got so, it. So he was the backbone of, he was the fundamental backbone for a lot of, uh, he was the budget for a lot of radio stations, including one of the, one of the stations I work for. Um, How, okay, so let me pause there because I'm going to ask you questions about this because I don't really understand radio that much. And I would imagine there's probably not a lot of people that do. So Howard Stern was located where? New York let's, City. Let's say before series radio. Yeah. So when you're saying he's generating radio, so he is syndicated nationally. Is yes. that what the right, the yeah. right word? Yeah, Which was, means 
he produces a show in New York City, but it goes out to the entire United States. Yeah, to stations that bought his affiliate rights. And we, the one of the stations I worked oh, for. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm hearing this in Chicago, that means let's just call it Station A. Yeah. Station A will pay who? Uh, they'd pay his the ownership of the, of the station or of the ownership of that broadcasting rights, which I think was Premier or Infinity. But for this conversation, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. Howard Stern worked for somebody. Yeah. In a radio station that was owned by somebody else. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let's say we'll just call Bob the owner of that radio station mm-hmm. that Howard Stern worked at. So radio station A in Chicago buys affiliate rights, which are determined by it's determined by your market size and then usually by your ratings so okay if you can it, you know it's 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 the way it's it, i was very young when this when this when i was getting into this so i could be a little uh, wrong on it but um it was based on your market size your population and then i think there was there's uh activators based on ratings okay so like there's a there's a, a price to get into the game and then you know if they hit a one rating which was like one percent of the audience that they're targeting another you know, another click came up with revenue. Um, I think that's the way that kind of happened. I could be a little, that could be a little gray. Um, cause that's, that model's kind of gone away. Right. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, how's that changed now? Well, the, and I don't know if you know the answer. Well, this, I do but. because I mean, my, in grad school, I studied the media industry extensively and, and how it went from, um, being this local model of, 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 Focusing and, and and going after a, a local audience and being a resource for for, lo, for local people. To now, it's a hub and spoke model, meaning that like I live in the, the you know the southeast. Right. I live in Charlotte, which is a pretty decent sized city, but yet a lot of our content comes from a hub and spoke model out of Atlanta. Whereas Atlanta is this base, and they'll push certain. They'll, they'll, there's no there's, there's still jocks in Charlotte, yes, but a lot of it still comes out of Atlanta. A lot of the content comes out of there. So what was really beneficial? The, the, the heart of radio used, radio used to be local, and that's where it always lived at was in this locality. And they lost that about well ninety seven the TCOM Act. I'm getting a little off track. With the this. Telecom Tele- Act? Telecommunications Act, okay. nineteen ninety six. Kind of. Uh, you're you're making sense. I'm following. Okay. All yeah. right. I, mean, I want to make sure I'm not getting a little too off track. No, I'll here. stop yeah. you if I if yeah. I get lost. Um, that that deregulated industry so much so that that Clear Channel was able to be formed and Cumulus. Okay. The, these big companies were able to take locality out of radio. So when you say locality, what does it, talk to me more specifically what that means? In the nineties, you had a jock broadcasting to an audience in that market nonstop. Only in that market. Only in that market. So there might have been a few, there might have been a few instances where so you like let's had, do like Big Boy, right? Is in yeah. LA, right? Yeah. For one oh six five. So in the He's not one oh six five anymore. Oh he's not oh. he's with Clear Channel. No. <laughs> okay. I don't know what station it is anymore, but it's okay, got it. beats whatever it is. But Okay. Yeah. So when locality or Howard Stern. We've been talking about Howard yeah. Stern, right? So Howard Stern, what do you mean by locality for New York? Just the New York City area? Um, was it, you're, you're, the syndicated model was much... It, it was a more personality-based model with, with, with okay. back then. Okay. So yeah, there, I, let, me, let me take a step back. There were the Howard Sterns. There were the big boys of, of the world. But that was much more one-off. There was, there was like... Um, what was it? Uh, not Rick Casey. Um, what's his name? Casey. Uh, Casey Casey. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Yeah. So you had those types of shows. Yep. And, and those were those were sim- symbolic of you know they're, they're they were um, 
those were grandiose personalities who 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 had who had like Casey Kasem had what the top forty and right. and he and he crushed that. And, and now you know Ryan Seacrest has kind of taken over. But in that same realm, the, the talent pool has gotten less because we put they've pushed a lot of people out of this industry, okay, um, or to sell it or whatnot. So um, there could be a guy out of Atlanta who's in the right place at the right time, not very talented, not very and not very localized with their content. Who's who's because he's in the place he's at, he's able to gain this exposure. Not really being their best best mode of content and pushing out somebody local and strategic in like a Charlotte market or a Nashville because of just the distribution rights um, have kind of succumbed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so the, <laughs> let's talk the radio. Let's just bring it to the present. Where right. what's the radio market look like now? Uh. I, I, my truthful honestly, it's decimated. Okay, it's it's a shell of what it used to be. Okay, and it's uh, and it's um, and, and it's it's sad because I am a purist with that medium. I, that, what what got me into radio to begin with was a station in Cleveland called WMMS The Buzzard one hundred point seven, and they're the reason why the Rock Roll Hall of Fame's in, in Cleveland. I mean, Ellen Freed obviously coined the term out of Cleveland, but they're the one who led the charge to get the votes to bring that that there, and that really proved the strength of that medium across. Uh, if you do it right, and you do it well. There's a lot of strength behind that. That is no. That's that's that. That power is no longer in that medium. In radio. In radio. Yeah. Okay. And that power so, has moved. Has shifted to digital. It's okay. Yeah. So digital meaning like satellite radio is that no, or what do you mean by I think digital? Digital media in general. Um, this includes Facebook. Yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah, we get into that world. Okay, yeah. So, okay. I mean, we've we've kind but, of jumped over TV per se, right? But, but it definitely, well, it, yeah. We went from radio to TV, yeah. and then TV to what we have, what yeah. we're in now. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of skipped over the TV world. The TV TV world, it's a different beast altogether because TV does deal a lot heavy syndicated content. Correct. You've got a lot of and and, and that that medium has shifted a lot so much, and that's a reason why I got out of TV because it's not conducive for a local um a, a local person um they, they're they've they've gotten the syndicated market which means like your uh jerry springer shows in, or seinfeld, your, yeah, your or seinfeld constantly yeah they're it's too it's really expensive to do that content so what what they're doing to replace that is they found a model to i don't know what market you're in listening but if, if you go on your dvr and look at how much time your local abc nbc cbs or fox has has is doing local news content now. I'm sure it's significantly higher than it what it was ten years ago. I think yeah, because they're doing like local news is from four o'clock in the morning it's, to ten. It's cheap as shit, and the local guys like eat it up. It's an easy sell for them right now. Got it. Okay, so for media, for people that sell media, it's saturation. Got it. Okay, yeah. so they they're, okay. they're they're flooding the market full of crap content. Okay, and if you look at it. And God, I hope my bo- old bosses aren't, aren't, aren't listening. Because I mean, I, but honestly, my guess is they're not following. Yeah, that's you know. very, very true. Yeah, um, but I mean, if you if you honestly, if, if the people out there listening, like honestly, look at their local media, like in Charlotte Market, we have the terminology: if it bleeds, it leads. Which means if if it's a murder, if it's a fire, you know, if it's anything like dramatic, that's the lead story in the news, and that's sad. And especially, that's why news coverage is all. 
death and like murder and and okay yeah because it actually pulls it pulls at your heartstrings and 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 this and the it's an interesting point to it is that medium the demographics usually with these mediums the demographics shift with with the the way the country is going you know we're getting very heavy on millennials now millennials aren't watching aren't watching local tv like they used to and i'm sure this is not anything new to, to people but correct they're not because they're the, the the news is staying what it always was bleeds it leads news bleeds it leads news and that's appealing to this like 35 plus audience the below that is going towards the digital content and they're actually they're they're it's becoming hyper personalized news and they don't need to find out who was shot in the bad part of the town anymore um they don't care to see that it's it's depressing they want to they want to personalize their news around what they what they see right and the the old dogs the the radio the like TV, the chicago cubs winning the world series there it is again. okay yeah yeah, yeah they, they and they can find that yeah right they're, they're um they're they're finding ways to curtail their news to them and i think like the buzzfeeds of the world are doing a pretty good job at 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 uh at going at that okay cool so the marketing so le- i would just want to talk the bleed the bleeds it and Bleeds it leads. Bleeds it leads. Does so the media sellers of content like how does that? How does the bleeds it leads become the slogan? Right? Why is that a like? Well, I don't think it's a slogan per se. Well, I think it's. I think it's just an. It sounds like a slogan. It's an identity, right? It's the identity of these these stations, and I can't say that it's that way for every market, but the ones I've been in, I, I've, I've studied um, L.A. market, Cleveland, some of Chicago, some of Detroit, heavy on Charlotte, and it's been pretty identical to that. But I've also been in like markets like Raleigh or smaller markets where that's not been the case. Okay. Um, so there's hope for people. Well, I also, I also <laughs> think there's probably not as much crime going on. It's, it's true. Yes, very too. true. So they, they're kind of they, they have they have to tug at like a heartstring some way. So Somehow, it's more of a community based model. Got it. Okay. What? Um, all right. So, man, I didn't know we were getting no, deep into the radio we buying told, situation. Yeah, told, that like th- really threw you off guard. I didn't see this coming. I no. Um, I just I I find it interesting of how that stuff works. And it's interesting. I could talk your fucking ear off. Right. Yeah. Probably somebody on here is like already bored. Yeah, already. Yeah, so we'll get yeah. to like some. Yeah. They're like, yeah. So that's great, Mike. But making you know buying media. Yeah. But I think it's crazy because it, it it is interesting to pay attention to transitions during revolution so i think going from radio to tv was a massive revolution Mm -hmm. going from tv to digital what we're doing right now is a massive revolution so because you've been through radio tv and digital right at Mm -hmm. fox right Mm -hmm. is that yeah so you started fox how long ago well we were purchased in uh april of 2013 i think so but the whole entire time my, my whole career spans with fox six years and just give the audience a little like a quick summary of what you did there. Sure. Yeah, I started as an account executive with them um, in 2010, I think, before we were bought out by Fox. Um, when we were purchased by them, I, I transitioned into a management role for the digital sales team, and then so this is selling what? Um, it went from selling advertising, uh, okay, excuse me, on air advertising, to then selling on it, TV air, on TV air, okay. Yeah. And I and here's my one plug: I sold three spots in the Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was and that, how much that, did you sell those for? Uh, I made. Well, I sold, uh, bought 
So you, you packaged them together. So we I sold two for sixty thousand, and the other one for like thirty five. Oh, wow. so I made like, I, and that was in the local area of Charlotte. Yeah, the local area. Got of Charlotte. it. Yeah, okay, so ninety five grand. I think the whole thing I sold because I sold adjacent around there too. Yeah. For like, I think I built like two hundred forty grand that day. Wow, that's amazing. Um, where was I at with that? So uh, you, um, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. So then, then I, I went over and I was promoted to the digital sales manager of the team. And it's interesting as being transitioned and flipping over to the Fox affiliate. I um, we didn't have a digital team at all, so I was like kind of from the ground floor up. Um, building this department out, and di- by digital is internet. Yeah, internet. is that what we're talking about? Yeah, okay. internet. And then it, and and later on, um, still internet, but more like streaming services. Okay, and and uh, content within that. By streaming, we're talking Hulu, YouTube, stuff like that. Yeah, things that are tied to those. And then we had some local things, and we had we had like local insertion in Fox Sports. Okay, so like any anything you watch in Fox Sports on our in the DMA, we were in charge. I was in charge of that. Um, and then throughout this process, it kind of my, my role kind of grew organically because we didn't have the people in place to kind of support this. So I end up having to deal with um, commercial advertisements, and then some. And I had kind of a final say over um, not news content per se, but but other contents. Um, so if something went something went out that was um, uh, erroneous or or, or 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 incorrect, like I was in charge of. You know, notifying them to like you got to revise revise this content. Send it out. Okay, cool. And then, how did you like the digital, like switching from radio to TV to digital? Like, what well, was so? I loved it, and I still do, and that's why I'm here right now. Yeah. Um, but our tools were not. Um, we didn't have a full tool set. We still they still didn't have a full tool set over there, and you can you saw it you saw it off the bat. But it was a very interesting learning platform. Um, to figure out the difference between traditional media, you know, broadcast, radio, television, to the digital world, which is kind of where everything's all going to. Um, I knew right off the bat this was the future for for this medium, for for, for, for media. So that brings us – can we talk about what you told me at dinner? Sure. Just like totally cliffhanger for the audience. If you said no, that would be weird. Um, Kind of going to your last business trip because that was what led into you – Let's talk about you starting your own thing yeah. first, because yeah. then we'll share. It. Oh, now I just really left you guys in no, a cliffhanger. Yeah. But like before you share what you told me at dinner, can you talk about this desire to start your own business? When did it start? Sure. Et cetera. Well, it started um, during cancer. Thank you so much for listening to the Project Life with Mike Watts podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today on this episode and you want to know a little bit more about what I am using to help grow our business, to help myself become a better man, to help myself become a better dad, a better husband, a better human overall, you know, I'm all about team human. And that's what I really want to do is create a world that allows us to become better human beings. And if that's something you're interested in, head over to MikeJWatts.com. That is MikeJ. W-A-T-T-S dot com. You can register right there for my email newsletter. It goes out once a week. There's usually three to five different tools, tips, tricks, techniques that I've learned about this week that are really helping me become a better human being. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you over on MikeJWatts.com, and I'll see you tomorrow.